GIFs the most. Adam loves ERA and auto tunes himself this way. Paxton's regression screams. Brooklyn's got a winning team. Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand, Mike Trout plays near Disneyland. Stats from spring training. Daily play is a rating. What's the ceiling? Bank on ceiling. Can I get up? Hump day. We got a no hitter to talk about. We've got a closer situation, unfortunately, to talk about, and a lot more. Great the trade coming up on today's show. Welcome, everybody. It is Adam with Team Creeth. Heath and Chris are here. Good morning, Heath and Chris. Hello. Yay. I want to talk about last night's historic pitching performance. Ooh, okay. I, wait, 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 wait. It's obviously not James Paxton. So Why? What? Because obviously, because this is what you do. You set it up, and then you say something. Oh, Dylan Bundy. Classic, like, classic Heath Smith direction. There have been like what fifteen million baseball games in the history of the world. Uh huh. Never before in a major league baseball game has a pitcher allowed seven runs, four home runs in a start, and not recorded an out. It's amazing when things happen that have never before happened in Major League Baseball. Dylan Bundy, arguably the worst pitching performance in Major League history. It's pretty good. Yeah. Can I tell you that that's actually one of my favorite things about this job is covering baseball and thing, things happen in baseball actually almost all the time that have never happened before or have rarely happened before, and that amazes me. And I love seeing stats like that. I mean, I'm sorry that it that it was this kind of stat, but I do love that history is made like all the time in baseball. Uh, I, I guess we can start with Bundy. Ugh. It's Worryometer Wednesday, so we could just put him on the Worryometer. Uh, zero to ten. Worryometer on Bundy, who has now had three terrible starts in a row. 23 hits and 19 earned runs over nine innings in his last three starts. Eight? Yeah, uh, I'd, like, ten. It's not like, oh, he's fine, by low. No! Yeah. <laughs> no. No, and, and here's a big part of why. His velocity was down last year. We talked about it a lot, and he was hit or miss, but it's gone down even more, especially over the last couple of starts. He's down to like 91, 90 miles per hour over his last couple of starts. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know, he, he, there have been moments where he just hasn't looked right. Um, the, the command has lost, he's lost the command over the last couple of starts. And what we're seeing right now is that he can be a good starter when he's throwing 93. He can be a good starter when he's commanding his pitches. He can't, he can't not do both. And if he doesn't do either, he's going to be really bad. I, I got a, a tweet after uh, tweeting that. It said, these are the types of starts that make people spike drop pitchers. And that's absolutely true. And generally speaking, spike dropping is a bad idea. You should not make emotional decisions with your fantasy baseball roster. But I'm not even sure if it's a spike drop. Like if, in a, especially in a 10 team league, there could absolutely be someone out there exciting enough to just dump Bundy right now. Would you pick him up if you saw Bundy on waivers? I, it would depend on who I had to drop. Uh, yes. Are there any of those hot shot rookie pitchers that you take over Dylan Bundy right now? Oh, there's yes. I need. Well, I need who? Walker Bueller. Um, that's really close, but I think so. 
Well, then who else would it be? I, I'm forgetting who number one might be. We're talking Fernando Romero. Does Sean Joe, Newcomb? Joe okay, Luke well, Casey. No. how about this? Scott ranked the 16 breakout pitchers uh, from the start of this season. Yeah. So let's just go through it. All right, let's Tyson let's, Ross. I would you Ross. drop Dylan Bundy yeah. for Tyson Ross? Yes. yes. Walker Bueller. Yes. Mike Soroka. No. And I would not have Soroka that high on the list. Caleb Smith. No. Joey Lucchese. He's probably not available. No. But I, I'd, I'd rather have Lucchese than Bundy. Trevor Cahill. No. You would rather have Bundy than Cahill. Yes. Skaggs. Ooh. I'm gonna Tyler Skaggs. I think I am. <laughs> Nick Kingham. I'm not ready to king him yet. Domingo Herman. If I, in a points league, if I had closer problems, I'd rather have Herman. Fernando Romero. I'd rather have Romero. Tyler Malley. I'd rather have Bundy. Nick Pavetta. I'd rather have Bundy. Reynaldo Lopez. I'd rather have Bundy. Vince Velasquez. Bundy. Okay. Yeah. Hey, check out Scott's article. All right, that's enough. Start stealing Bundy your though. job, Adam. Now we know all the names <laughs> on Scott's article. <laughs> Basically, except he left out two. So find out who those two lucky uh, pitchers are. The big news, Roberto Osuna was arrested for assault. He is on administrative leave, cannot play for at least a week. And we do not know how long he might be suspended or will be suspended or he might not be suspended, but obviously uh, it sucks. Tired of these types of stories, but, you know, I will I will not presume anything as of now. Anyway, Tyler Clippard, Ryan Tapera, Sengwon Oh, John Axford were mentioned as save candidates. Hey, sneakily, the Blue Jays' bullpen has been really good this year. It, like, Tyler Clippard did not look like he had much left. He's been really good. Same with Ax- all these guys. Taparis, O, Axford, and Clippard have been good. So, Heath, you picked up Sengwon O. Is he the guy that you would suspect would be the uh, the front runner for saves in Toronto? John Gibbons was very coy, and, and frankly, it sounded like a little bit shook by the whole situation when he discussed it. And it said, you know, I still like my options. I'm not I'm not going to commit to one guy yet. We'll just see what it takes to get us to the ninth inning. I generally fall back on that managers want someone who has done this before. O has done it most recently, and he's done it most extensively. We forget that in the KBO, he had like 300 saves. Over his career between Korea, Japan, and here in the States, he has almost 400 saves, and he has 40 in the last two years. I, I rank them O, then Clippard, then Axford, then Tapera. O, Clippard, Axford, Tapera. And how much fab would you use on Sengwano? Not very much. It would depend on the type of league. In like a standard points league, none. In a, like, he was not available in our 16 team categories league, but in that type of league, I might go as high as like 15%. Okay. So yeah, you have to be, I guess, kind of desperate for closers. Do you have any, like, what do you think? Should we even guess how long Sengwana or, uh, I, I don't think there's opinion? any point in guessing. Okay. I, right. I don't think it's like a week. Yeah. Alright, David Price is gonna have an MRI due to numbness in his hand. So he had that issue earlier. He's, he's start, he's scratched from today's start. David Price gonna have an MRI. We should have an update tomorrow. I think this is huge news. Mike Trout did not homer at Colorado. Now, if he goes, a full series at Coors Field without homering, then we'll put him might on the Oriometer. Might have to spike drop him. <laughs> you know who did homer? Justin Upton. All of the Royals. All of the Royals homered, and you are very happy about it. We'll get to the Royals. 
Uh, Cincinnati acquired Matt Harvey from the Mets for Devin Mesoraco. This is a fantasy irrelevant trade, right? Uh, I mean, Devin Mesoraco was good at one point. Maybe with everyday plate appearances, which is what he'll probably get in New York. Maybe he can rediscover that form. He was an all-star, like, was that four or five years ago? And he's had a bunch of hip issues since then, and he might just be washed up. Uh, all that to say I'm more interested in Devin Mesoraco than Matt Harvey. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I do not really believe that Devin Mesoraco can play baseball every day, especially catching. So I'm not like there is. I would not add him over John Hicks. Justin Turner is hoping to return from a fractured wrist next week. Well, the only thing I'll say about John Hicks is that Miggy could be back in a couple weeks, right? He could be. All right. So just keep that in but, mind. And there will be another catcher in a couple weeks. Devin Mesoraco probably won't still be healthy by then. Clayton Kershaw could resume throwing soon, which is great news. Ken Giles got a save for Houston. Rafael Palmero is going to play independent league baseball at age 53. Heath, uh, you're the closest to 53. Any chance? <laughs> you're not even close to 53. Do you think he can pull it off? Can he bat uh, 250 in independent um, That ball? is a factual statement that I am the closest to 53, and I would also say that I'm the closest to Rafael Palmero. On the podcast. I uh, I would post the highest batting average. Do you think Rafael Palmeira could dunk if given, say, six months no, to train? No, he'd probably pull his groin. But I, I would say that I would post the highest batting average in an independent league if we all played a full Is this season. the Long Island Ducks or whichever uh, team always does this? I don't think this? so. Okay. Are, the Sugarland Skeeters? I, I don't know, actually. I, I feel like if it were the Long Island Ducks, the article would have said so. Um, is there any sport, Heath, you think I could beat you in? Because I'm not, not sure that I could. I can't think of one. I was very good at kickball. I really was. Um, I was thinking like a punt, pass, and kick kind of thing. I don't have punt, much of an arm. Punt, pass, and kick. I, I don't. I, how I think far football. do you think Adam can throw something? Yeah, I, I, my what? arm is not my strength. Arm is not what my is strength. your strength? At, 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 and I'm not trying to say I'm a good athlete. I am washed. I'm just saying that there's not anything you could beat me at. You know, I, I think I would do pretty well on the football field. I'm a sneaky good football player. Decent. I'm a, I'm a good wide receiver. You'd be you'd be surprised. You're you're uh, you're too light. He's a Danny Amendola. Too type. light. In the, it's yeah. touch football, by the way. Uh, Atlanta no, called up Luis Gohara. He will pitch out of the bullpen. We did talk about this yesterday. Scott thinks could be a good thing in the long run because Gohara could pick up RP eligibility. And Lance McCullers, he's having a pretty good year. But I thought he had a funny quote. He said something like, "If anyone knows where his curveball is, have it overnighted to Minute Maid Park." So it's a guy who's got one of the best curveballs in baseball. McCullers hasn't really had a feel for it this year. Didn't have a great start yesterday, but still having a really good season. I mean, imagine what happens when he gets his curveball back. All right, we've got Dynasty talk. You know, people wanted to hear about Dynasty stuff, and we I've, haven't really done it. Um, but I think on Friday we'll spend some time talking Dynasty. And, uh, yeah, and, and prospects like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Are there any prospects that come to mind right now that you think you have to have? I was thinking of maybe Adamus for the Rays – it seems uh, Danny Echeverria has a bruised eye. It seems pretty, uh, pretty minor. Well, Twitter reports that we've got a prospect coming up today. Oh, really? For the New York Mets. Oh, really? His name is, and I'm going to butcher this because I've never actually heard it pronounced, Luis Guillorme. G U I L L O R M E. And I did add him in our NL only league. He is a middle infield prospect, allegedly the best defensive middle infielder the Mets have at any level, including the major leagues. That's hard to believe when Jose Reyes is on their roster. But, um, 
yeah, he, he's been hitting so far at AAA. I, I think he's worth a deep league ad. Okay, Lu- Luis Guillorme, is that what you said? That's, that's what I said. That is what I said. don't, he is from, uh, Coral Springs. Ooh! He, uh, that's where I'm Coral, from! Went to Coral Springs Charter School. That's not where I went. Anthony Rizzo also from Coral Springs. Yes. Okay. So he, he's got a, uh, 300, 394, 433 slash line. Looks like, I mean, he's got pretty good command of the strike zone, if nothing else. He has hit three home runs in over 2,000 minor league plate appearances. So not a lot of pop. Gotcha. The, okay, the obvious answer is Vlad Guerrero. He's the best hitting prospect left in the minors. He might be, even including Ronald Acuna, the best hitting prospect in baseball. Ronald Acuna's other skills might give him the edge, but Guerrero is beastly. A little bit younger than Acuna. He's 19 years old. He Vladimir just Guerrero. turned 19 uh, less than two months ago as well, and he is dominating at double-A. Now, there's a lot of talk within Blue Jays' circles, you know, the – the blogosphere and whatnot that they just may not call him up at all this year. They, they may wait until the super two deadline next year, but he's so good that I think at this point with what he's doing in the minors, he has to be owned. He plays third, right? Yes. So we just need to wait for Donaldson to get traded. Well, they could DH him. They could get rid of Morales. Big Ken? They could. Yeah. I mean, they could sit. There's been some talk of that. Okay, guys, you know who else is good? James Paxton. James Paxton is very right. good. No hitter. Not even a big deal anymore. The third no hitter of the year. One was a combined no hitter. But Paxton, uh, look, he's got a 340 ERA, but he, he's been better than that. I guess if, I don't think this is a small deal, but he does have three walks in four of his last five starts. So the walks are up, but man, he, he's really having a, a great year. 67 strikeouts and 47 and two thirds. We're going to talk about breakouts today. Is James Paxton you know, no, because really we knew up. he was good. The only like, I think all of us. I, I I don't know about Heath, but I know Scott and I both believe he's probably a top ten pitcher when healthy. Yeah, James Paxton doesn't get to be a breakout until he gets through an entire season without being hurt. Do you care about the walks? No, he's been so utterly dominant over his last three starts, and really, he's had two bad starts this season. Like there was a should I be worried about James Paxton? Uh, like, question that we would get after the first few starts, but yeah. he's really, really good. He's got 33 strikeouts over his last three starts. Uh, you know, he couldn't go deep into his previous two starts because he had thrown 100, 100 and 105 pitches in six and seven innings, so he just decided to, uh, you know, throw a complete game, no hit shutout <laughs> on yeah. 99 pitches. And he got seven sw- seven strikeouts, but a lot of swinging strikes for James Paxton. So awesome start for him. And uh, are there any pitchers that you had ranked ahead of him that you now would, t- would rank behind him? I'm assuming you Darvish is on that list. Anyone else that Heath that you're moving James Paxton ahead of? Yeah, I'd moved Darvish below him, I think, uh, about a week ago. So... I, I'm looking at the rankings right now. I have him 15th. I would rather have him... I'll move him ahead of Chris Archer. I don't think there's anyone else, though. I mean, am I going to move him ahead of Severino or Grinky or Carlos Martinez where's, or Carrasco? Carrasco? That's the one I was going to ask you about. I would move him ahead of Carlos Martinez, who's also been really good. I mean, the the question was, like, for me, with James Paxton, it's just... Stay How healthy. long are you going to have him? Yep. I think healthy. he will be better than those guys. I think he will be in the 
Strasburg range. Like when for, he's healthy. For this season, Martinez has been better than Paxton, right? Yeah, probably. Even including last night. Better. It's probably pretty close. All right, let, let's talk some more standouts here. We got to talk about Eddie Rosario at some point and another Minnesota twin who's been really good. Um, Carlos Martinez and James Paxton are back to back in points leagues, by the way, uh, separated by five fantasy points. So Chris, why don't you give me a standout from Tuesday's games? Wasn't Heath doing? I'm looking something else up. All right, Heath, All right. go for it. I'll give a standout that um, you're going to laugh about yep, me I'm, bringing up. I, I can't wait. Go ahead and laugh about it. I'm writing about it. I'm in waiver wire today. I've been holding off and holding off because I couldn't believe it, but I think Alex Gordon might be back. Okay. And it doesn't make any sense. He was left for dead with his $70 million contract, but he went on the disabled list earlier this year. He came back, and he's just crushing the ball. The weird thing is he's not walking, but his hard contact rate is way up 38%. His line drive rate is back. Three home runs and two doubles since returning from the disabled list. He's got a 321, 361, 474 slash line and had four hits last night. He's 7% owned. I'm not saying that you should add Alex Gordon in a standard 12-team league, but he needs to be much higher owned than that, and we need to keep an eye on it. Okay, Alex Gordon, eight now he's eight percent owned Heath, so it's it's skyrocketing. He's Driving it up. Three twenty one with three home runs in twenty one games. All right, you know what? You've been you've been spot on a lot of stuff this year. And like once upon a time you said Jorge Soler was a sleeper again. So he's you know, he homered yesterday against a righty, Dylan Bundy, uh by the way, Jorge Soler. Uh, and the obviously the uh Royals had a monster game yesterday against a bad pitching. Alex Gordon. He uh Chris, you got a standout or are you still looking stuff up? Yeah, I have I have a couple. Oh, but let let's talk. Are are we no longer worried about Luis Castillo? I think we got over that after his last start. We decided two, he two fixed his arm angle and he's okay. Again, two good starts in a row. Um, I don't know how the velocity has been, but like the velocity for he's one of those guys where the velocity being down is like, all right, so he's the fifth hardest throwing pitcher in baseball instead of the second. I don't know how much that really bothers me. Um. I yeah I don't think I don't think there's all that much to worry about with him now. I think the strikeouts have been there the last couple of starts. The swing strikes have been there all season. He's not going to keep up keep giving up home runs at this rate. I think Luis Castillo is fine. And he's 83% owned. So if he's available yeah, anywhere, go get him. Absolutely, Luis Castillo is is actually underowned at 83% owned. Uh, you want to give your other standout, Chris? Um. The Blake Snell breakout. Mm, no, because I have happened, that in another segment. Real. Another segment. Another segment. I've, I've got breakout another Breakout alert. Yeah, go ahead. Aaron Nola. No, he's also in the breakout alert Come segment. Come on. Well, then I can't talk about anyone. <laughs> Matt Adams. <laughs> oh, yes. I picked up Matt Adams. I dropped he Mike Biden. He only Biter. had – I mean, he just went one for three with a double last night. But what matters is they were facing a lefty. You knew they wanted to get Ryan Zimmerman in the lineup against a lefty. Zimmerman got in the lineup playing first base, but they didn't want to take Matt Adams out. They put him in left field. Matt Adams is 66% owned. If he's playing every single day or five days, five and a half, six days a week, he needs to be 100% owned. Over the last calendar year, he has the 10th highest slugging percentage in baseball. He has the 25th highest WOBA in baseball, tied in weighted run created plus with Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Uh, it probably it's just 
somewhat of a hot streak, right? Because like I mentioned yesterday about Matt Adams, I know you weren't on the show. A, a year and a half long hot. Well, streak? he had, but but you look at last year, he had a ten homer month. He homered ten times in June. He did not homer more than three times in any other month. All right, so this is the thing with Matt Adams, and and I'll. It's something similar to what I've said to about Jose Martinez this season, which is that he probably needs to be one of the team's two or three best hitters to justify staying in the line. Just because his defense and his base running, his defense especially, and his defense especially in left, in left field. They put him in left field. Right. And but they, Adam Eaton's coming back. Like, right. And if Adam, yeah. Others. Adam Eaton's coming back. Eventually but, he's coming okay, back. Okay, but here's the like, – the Braves did this last year. They moved Freddie Freeman to third base because they wanted to keep Matt Adams bat in the lineup. And then they realized that when he's not the hottest hitter in baseball, you can't really live with his glove, especially in left field, or especially when you have to move someone out of their natural position. Now, maybe he just stays hot and Ryan Zimmerman continues to slug struggle and they just start him every day, but... He's probably not going to start every day against lefties when he, – he's probably not going to start every day when Adam Eaton gets back. He's probably not going to start against lefties every day when Adam Eaton's out. Like, pick him up, ride the hot hand, but – Right. That's that's what I was going to say. It's like I, I don't really care at this point if Matt Adams keeps it up all year. I want him right now. Uh, so that I, I was – I actually wasn't really uh, trying to criticize the Matt Adams uh, ad. I did add him. Add him You've already hurt my feelings. No, I, I, can't I, I think it's a good call. I mean, you gotta, you gotta ride this out and see where it goes. I just, I'm not going to invest in him as if I expect him to be great all season long. But yeah, I mean, and, and he's one he's of those out. guys that the more he plays, the worse he'll play because he's going to face more lefties and he can't hit them. Like we are, he hit a double off a lefty. Yesterday. We are eight seasons he in. Did. Yeah, he'll hit a double off a lefty occasionally. <laughs> but we're eight seasons into his career. We're two thousand plate appearances in. He has a 600 OPS against lefties. He can't hit them. Well, I'm like Kyle Schwarber. The, you know what I really like about Matt Adams is that he's a smart guy, and so I'm just going to make an assumption about him. I'm just going to assume that he uses the SeatGeek app because every smart person should be using the SeatGeek app. All right, we got a Yankees game tomorrow night, Yankees-Red Sox. I am toying with them. I'm just not sure. I want to get there. I'm going to try to get there, and I promise you if I go – it's going to be through the SeatGeek app, which is by far the easiest way that I have found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I am instantly finding seats to a game, a concert, comedy, theater. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for any of those types of tickets. Very important, every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And not only do I use SeatGeek, but I tell you all, listeners, about SeatGeek all the time. I also tell friends and family when I'm, you know, whenever they're talking about going to something, I say try the SeatGeek app. And what I'm very encouraged to know is that a lot of them are actually on the SeatGeek app. It's getting very popular because it is such a great app. The promo codes. You want to save 20 bucks on your first purchase? Use the code FANTASY. 20 bucks off your first purchase on SeatGeek. FANTASY is the code. Or you've already used that? Buy some baseball tickets and use the code TODAY. For ten bucks off MLB tickets, so either use Fantasy for your first purchase for twenty bucks off, or the promo code today for ten bucks off any baseball purchase. That promo code is today. All right. Speaking of today, terrible segue. But today on the show, breakout alert, under owned players, and grade the trade. This is my favorite one. Oh, the 
Oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't go. You didn't know that, huh? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I love that scene. That is awesome. Oh man, I love that movie. Uh, yeah. So that's that's coming up later. Grade the trade at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Under owned alert. We've already established Luis Castillo is under owned. What about these three players? Jeremy Ellickson, perfect game after six innings yesterday and six and two thirds scoreless at San Diego. He's 42% owned, Jeremy Ellickson. Alan Hansen, he is playing second base for the Giants. He's got some speed. He's got two steals in 10 games. 25% owned, Alan Hansen. And this one I am pretty interested in. I want to know what you think about Andrew Heaney, 26% owned. I think Heaney's made five starts. He's had one really terrible start against the Giants. Other than that, he's been solid. And Heaney's 26% owned and did well at Colorado last night. So Hellickson, 42%. Alan Hansen, 25%. Andrew Heaney, 26%. Do you see an under-owned player that you're interested in on that list? I think Ellickson was under-owned for this week with two starts and one of them being at San Diego, but I don't actually think he's good. The Padres are just absolutely awful against right-handed pitching, and that's a great pitching environment. He took advantage of it. Good for him. I hope he got the points. Not somebody you're going to be starting after this week. I think Andrew Heaney's probably a little Mm under-owned. Yeah. Um, This was was a guy who was the top left-handed pitching prospect in baseball. Um and he kind of hasn't been able to do anything. I think he basically lost, what, three seasons due to Tommy John? At least two. Um, so he's showing signs of being pretty good. And I think that, you know, yesterday, the, Heath and I were talking about this before the show. Scott's not here to refute it, so I'll just go ahead and say it. The Rockies have a bad lineup. They're not a good matchup in Colorado, but they have a bad lineup. Their offense isn't good. But he's still through a quality start in Colorado, and that's still impressive. Um, so I think he needs to be more owned than 26%. Now, Hanson's interesting, like you said. Uh, there is some speed there. Former prospect who kind of fell off the radar, but still steals a lot of bases in AAA. Not super efficiently. None of the stats stand out, but he could be a 15 steal guy. I just feel like this power came from the middle of nowhere. It was like, bop. Hanson, very good, very good. Uh, I tried to pick up Hanson, dropping... Derek Dietrich, don't ask. In a 13-team Roto League, I was outbid substantially. I think he went for like 42 bucks out of a $250 budget. That's that's too much. Yeah, got, well, we, when you have twice a week fab, guys tend to go for too much. Jose Peraza went for 120 bucks, uh, 50% that's, of the budget last, last week. Yeah, so th- I knew that was going to happen. I was not willing to overspend on Hanson. But I got Matt Adams for 8 bucks. You know, Hanson went for like five times that much. That's probably a mistake, but... Uh, all right, so put Hanson on your radar and Andrew Heaney. Not only did Heaney have a quality start against Colorado, but three starts ago, five innings, one run, nine strikeouts against the Yankees. Uh, so good stuff there. All right, time for the Worryometer. But first, email of the day, number one, is from Devin. Devin says, subject greatest villain, Heath Ledger as the Joker, and it's not even close. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's correct. We thought, we missed that one. I thought he was saying I was the greatest villain. I was pretty excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in podcast history you might be. But Heath Ledger is maybe the greatest villain. The, the most evil villain is Ramsey Bolton. But the greatest villain might be Heath Ledger's the Joker. But Cru- I think Dar- Darth Vader, right? Like Darth Cruella Vader. DeVille is clearly the, <laughs> the most evil villain. <laughs> that's okay. Email today number two is Nate from Philly. I think we need to have some serious conversations about Matt Carpenter. 
I understand the peripheral numbers look great, but he's batting 153 with an OPS of 662. I think it's time to say that Matt Carpenter stinks, and we have no valid explanation other than the results. We are not smart enough to figure this out with in-depth analysis. He's done and fried. Just admit it so we can all drop Matt Carpenter and get on with our baseball lives. Thank I'm you. sorry, but Team Kreeth is not the team to come out with this. We are not smart enough to figure it out. You're not going to get us to admit that. Well, it's time for the worryometer, and we're leading off with Matt Carpenter. Zero to ten on Matt Carpenter batting 152 right now, or I mean, 153. You have to be worried because this is two years in a row of him underperforming, although we would kill for performance like last year right now. But look, here you have to trust your process. Whatever your process in judging players is, you have to be consistent. You can't just say, oh, well, it doesn't apply to this guy unless you have a really good reason. There's not a really good reason to think that Matt Carpenter is going to have the second lowest BABIP of the last 50 years. There has only been one time in in the last 50 years where a player has had an op- a BABIP of 200 or under, and that's, uh, sorry, twice. Aaron Hill in 2010 and Ted Simmons in 1981. Those are the only times that a player has had a BABIP of 200 or below over the last 200, uh, last 50 seasons. Matt Carpenter's at 186 right now. Do you Gary guys... Sanchez is at 187. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo is at 185. Bryce Harper is at 184. If you're going to drop Matt Carpenter, drop all those guys too no, because they're no. all doomed well, to – Well, that's not no, quite no, fair because no, he's not homering no. either. I mean he's not doing Neither is Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, that's true. Anthony Rizzo's been worse this season. If we're going to say you but, have but, to drop but Matt last Carpenter, year counts. he's doomed to be crap. No, but, but last year – you have year, to say the same no, thing about Anthony don't. Rizzo. No, you don't. No, because – Matt Carpenter was good last no, year. No, he was not good last year. He was yes, only he was. good in leagues that count walks. He was the okay. number 25 first Adam, baseman in fantasy Adam, he had in like a roto league. OPS. Because like, of I his guess. OBP. Because of his right, OBP. Right, yes. That's I not good. I understand that, but he wasn't like this hopeless, useless player. No, no, no. He wasn't. Right, but if you're saying – he, this is who he is now. No, it's not. No, I it didn't say that. He was le- right, I didn't that's say that. The, I'm replying to the listener's email. No, I, but, I but you're also. Change. It was getting out of control. No, but listen, like, he, he, we have to, the difference between him and all those other guys is that Matt Carpenter was the number 25 first baseman in fantasy last year in rotisserie leagues. And mm-hmm. in, he was number 12 in points leagues because he has really good plate discipline. He'll hit you some doubles. But, you know, we are seeing one other thing that's not an advanced stat, but the last two years, this year and last year, Really bad against lefties. And that might be the sign of decline. I mean, that's kind of what happened to like Adrian Gonzalez. Just got really bad against lefties. Carpenter's two for 21 with no extra base hits so far against lefties. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's just something to keep in mind. I, I, I understand. I agree. Like he's not this bad, but I do question just how good he actually is. He, he his OPS is very much weighted by his on base percentage. And I, I just don't know he's going to give you much more. Yeah, I still think he's probably going to hit 270. Like, I just, I I don't see any reason. Like, all the reasons that we would say, well, like Joey Gallo. Oh, well, he's going to have a low Babbitt because he hits too many fly balls. He doesn't hit line drives. He pulls the ball too much. All this, like, that stuff's not really true about Matt Carpenter. It's not really true about Joey Gallo anymore either. But Matt Carpenter has a 25% line drive rate right now. He's still hitting the ball hard. All of the, like... Like I said earlier, you have to be consistent. You don't with really. your. You don't have to be consistent. You at do. All. Nope. Yes. You don't. Most of us are not. <laughs> I am. I, okay. You have to be consistent then, because that's your thing. But nobody else does. 
Yeah, I, I just. Well, so where are you on this, Heath? Four. <laughs> yeah, that's summing it up. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Chris. I, I wasn't trying to jump on you. I just, I don't think that Carpenter is the same as those other guys because I, I do think that. He's not. Like, Chris doesn't think he is either. Matt, it, we should start calling him, ready for this hilarious joke? Matt Intentional Walk Carpenter because we keep giving him a free pass. Right? Free pass. So, um, no. I'm just saying, the thing that saves Carpenter to me is that he's, he is second base eligible, right? I believe so. He is. Like, and he's, and he's good. I'm not sure where he's gonna measure up as a 270 hitter if he hits 23 home runs, which is, you know, what he hit last year. As a first baseman or a third baseman, I don't really know how good that is anymore. So, that, it's, that's my it's, point. It's, not, it's in a points league if he walks. Yeah, it's 20% points of the time, league, it's yeah. great. It's useful. It's useful, yeah, yeah. I, I still like Carpenter. Right, like, I, I'm not I, down on him that much. I'm not actually, like, Adam, I'm not actually disagreeing with you as much as I'm disagreeing with the emailer who's saying, like, people need to drop him. Like, go ahead, drop Matt Carpenter. That's fine. But there's not re- – based on the, the ways we typically judge players, we should be buying Matt Carpenter. Yeah. And I'm going to be consistent with that because it works out more often than it doesn't. And if it doesn't work out with Matt Carpenter – that sucks, but like I'm not going to change my approach because one guy may be an outlier. Okay, I mean that's totally fair, and I get it. Um, and I don't. I mean, I mostly agree, and I think Heath does too. All right, here we go. Uh, Worryometer Wednesday continues with Andrew Benintendi, who is batting .224 with uh, no home runs in his last 16 games, and he's striking out a lot in his last 16 games. Five walks, 18 Ks. Versus lefties this year, Benintendi is batting 133 with two doubles in 30 at-bats. So, uh, Heath, worryometer Wednesday on Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, I'll go uh, five maybe for this year and a three for the future. He's still 23 years old. He's still, if you look at his numbers on a whole for this year, because I have a hard time parsing fifth of a season into different segments. You look at his numbers on the whole, he's got a 12% walk rate, 18% strikeout rate. He's not hitting lefties, and he's not hitting the ball hard. So that does give me a little bit of concern. I still think he's probably going to steal 20 bases. I just He's got to hit well enough to stay in the order on a regular basis so that he can give us the run production numbers that I was expecting. All right, that's Andrew Benintendi we're talking about. Andrew <coughs> Benintendi or Kris Davis? Chris Davis. Oh, Kris, yeah. Okay. Andrew but ben- that was true before the season. That's yeah. It was? I, mean, I thought they were pretty um, it was in rotos. Close. It was I don't think it wasn't points. Okay. Andrew Benintendi or uh, 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 Andrew McCutcheon. Benintendi. Yeah, that was an easy one. Alright, last one. Benintendi or Pollock? Pollock. Pollock. Okay. I'm gonna take a quick pause from Moriometer Wednesday to talk to you about the draft app. I was so close yesterday, I came in second. Thanks to Aaron Nola, who's breaking out, by the way. Ian Desmond, give me a zero. Francisco Lindor, good game. Charlie Blackman, good enough. Reese Hoskins, a little bit disappointing. But that was my draft app team. The team that won in my little five-person contest had Kluber, Stanton, Story, Schwarber, and Justin Upton. So it's a lot of fun. You know, we play, it's five players, right? Five picks. One pitcher, two infielders, two outfielders. Now, you can play expert mode and take away some of the best players and make it a little bit more challenging. But whatever you do, when you sign up for draft, make sure you use the promo code FB today. FB today is the promo code. 
Get into a real money game for free with that promo code FB today. I will challenge you. I am Big Kane Two. If you use the promo code, you'll automatically be following me. Otherwise, you can add me, Big Kane C A N E Two, on the Draft app. I love it. I play all the time. I'll play multiple times a day. Uh, you can play for as little as a buck, get some cold hard cash, and get paid out the next day. So join the Draft app or play on Draft.com and use the promo code FB today. Worryometer Wednesday on Wilson Contreras. Uh, not that high. Three. Like there, there are changes that he appears to have made to his swing, although it's 30 games, so it's hard to say whether it's intentional or not. But he, he is certainly making more contact and making less impressive contact. And those two things generally, I think, go together. They certainly, that's what we think. Um, so that, that's a concern because he is different than he was in the, in the last couple of years. But I also just, like, what is he, the number six catcher? Yeah, as long as he's got catcher eligibility, I'm going to be a zero. Yeah. Yeah, I put out some, uh, buy low offers on Wilson Contreras. I might, might be a little bit more aggressive on that too, because he's, he plays all the time. He sat yesterday. And uh, he's he has streaked before, so it doesn't seem like we're worried about Contreras. Paul Goldschmidt, zero to ten. Is uh, this um, borderline first round pick, Paul Goldschmidt, or top three pick, Paul Goldschmidt? I'm worried about borderline first round pick, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, the humidor effects. It, it it's too early to say definitively, but they the early returns are that there is an effect. And that it's real, and that it's pretty close to what was expected. Uh, offense is down in Arizona. AJ Pollock accepted, um, and he's striking out a bunch. Now the plate discipline numbers are actually pretty similar. He's not swinging at more pitches out of the strike zone. He's not swinging, missing terribly more often. So it's not super concerning that he's striking out. That seems a little fluky. Give me a but number. Three, two. He's he's slumping right now, Paul Goldschmidt. Three for thirty. And he's not running. That's the thing. He's not running. Two steals and two attempts, and he's been terrible at home. One fifty batting average with no homers in nineteen games. So if you were drafting again today, we we were basically thinking Paul Goldschmidt was around twelfth overall, right at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, uh, maybe more like tenth, but you know, in that range. Where would you draft Goldschmidt today? Uh, well, who's moved in front of him? Aaron Judge, probably. Manny Machado. Manny Machado. It, I, judge is kind of interesting because man, he that whole thing about him not striking out that much is yeah. Uh, no, that's he's striking out. <laughs> he, I mean, he looks like the same guy he was last year, and the guy he was last year is good. Yeah, better than Goldschmidt probably. Yeah, early second round. Well, is Goldschmidt fourth at first base behind Rizzo, Votto, Freeman? I don't know how you could drop Goldschmidt behind Rizzo. Yeah, like Rizzo has done less than nothing. Because Rizzo's Rizzo, you know, he's gonna... Goldschmidt's Goldschmidt. Is he? He's not running yeah. anymore, and he plays in a worse ballpark than he ever did. Yeah, I would still take Goldschmidt over Rizzo for sure. Okay. Worryometer on Jose Altuve, who has two homers and one steal. Zero. It's, it's worrying that he's not running. Yeah, I'll say two. But, I don't know, it's, it's Jose Altuve. Yeah. Okay. And Worryometer on Marcus Stroman. Seven. Like anytime you come back from a shoulder injury and stink, I think you have to be really concerned. 
Yeah, I'm just going to go back to like his career. He's thrown 600 innings exactly in the major leagues now. He's got a 7.37 K per nine. Yeah, that I, you could know. you could still be a good pitcher with that those type of strikeout numbers. You don't have hardly any upside at all, though. Except so, in points leagues, if you just go a bunch of innings. If he could throw 200 innings again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and I think he possibly could. So I'm not really that worried. I think it's kind of like what I, I used to say about Dallas Keuchel. When you put the ball in play that often, you are susceptible. Now, a big problem for him is the ball's been in play less often because it's going over the fence and because he's walking guys. So that, that would be the concern, but the rest of it's not, it's not really that concerning for him to have a seven start stretch like this. Okay. That's Marcus Stroman. Two more. Worryometer on Rich Hill. Uh, zero. Really? Okay. Uh, he, this was his first start back from the, uh, from the DL, right? Yep. Yep. Everybody gets one. He's going to be on the DL again soon. He always is. And he's going to have starts like this, regardless of whether he's coming back from the DL or not. He's an inconsistent pitcher. We saw this last year where he was dropped widely for the first but couple of months of the season. this also wasn't his only bad start this year. Right, no, but I... Bad, he's got a 7-11 ERA. I, I will say I watched the game last night, and, and uh, the Dodgers broadcaster said it's not a stuff issue. His curveball still looks really good. It's a location issue. And he wasn't just talking about Yesterday, he was talking about all season long. Rich Hill just hasn't had command. That's according, I think it was Nomar. It's according to whoever was doing the game for the Dodgers. I, I'm going to change my number. I don't even know if I'd given a number yet. But Rich Hill's had one good start all year. He's only made four. And one of them, three of them have been, two of them have been disasters. Yeah. One of them was whatever. Number? And he's been hurt. Number? Seven. Okay. I mean, wow. Yeah, I don't know. It's just. It doesn't feel like we have any new information on Rich Hill here. Rich Hill doesn't have a long enough track record where it takes much information to change your mind. All right, next guy, last guy, Zach Godley. Zach Godley has a 3.83 ERA, 18 walks, 37 strikeouts in 40 innings. He has a he's maybe a Babbitt victim, 3.25 Babbitt, a uh, lot of soft contact for Godley. Uh, worryometer on him. One. I, here's my thing. If I hadn't over-adjusted so much from Godley's really good start, then I probably wouldn't be worried at all. But now I'm a little bit worried. Where where, where do you have Godley ranked? I think it's... I know it's top 30. It might be a little higher than that. I'm trying to pull it up, but it's not uh Luis Castillo or Zach Godley? I had Godley 29th and Castillo 30th. Oh. Castillo is ahead of Godley now. Okay, okay. So now I have Castillo 29th and Godley 30th, and I'm actively surfing. But the problem is, all the pitchers right behind him, like you've got Rich Hill at 34. You've got Hugh Darvish at 32. You've got Jake Arrieta. You've got Jamison Tyone. I, it's hard to find guys. I may move Sean Newcomb into the top 30 ahead of him. Yeah, I, we have to really have to talk about Sean Newcomb. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about the breakout alert here. And uh, I'll give you some more news and notes real quick. We welcome back a bunch of players. Andrew Miller could be back in a couple of days. Corey Canable will return today. Josh Hader got a save yesterday. Jonathan Scope is back. Adrian Beltre is back. DJ LeMahieu is back. Shohei Otani likely to start on Sunday against the Twins. Yasu- he pinch hit yesterday. Yeah. 
good stuff. Uh, right, because they don't have a DH, so they're uh, they're. So he's just their Sunday starter from now on. That's, that's it's like college. Yeah. He's the it's like Japan. The <laughs> but you know what the problem with What's being the Sunday starter is? What you're, one rain out, and you have no. Starts you're always just one rain out away. Yeah. Uh, that's Otani. Yasiel Puig could return today, and Javier Baez should be starting today. Some news and notes. The Cubs interested in Manny Machado, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. Aledmus Diaz is on the DL with an ankle sprain. Todd Frazier, DL with a hamstring strain. Greg Bird expected to begin a rehab assignment soon. Wade Miley left with an oblique strain, and Brent Suter replaced him for the Brewers and pitched well. Leonis Martins on the DL with a hamstring strain. Jason Hayward is on the seven-day concussion DL. We might see more Ben Zobrist, hopefully more Ian Happ. Adani Echevarria left with an eye contusion, but seems minor. Nate Avaldi is going to make his second rehab start, and I don't know if I really need to be stashing Danny Salazar at this point. He's being temporarily shut down. He's on the 60-day DL, so he's probably at least a month away from coming back. Yeah, I, I have him in a couple leagues where I've had to, like, where I've hit the starting pitcher. I think in the editorial league that we're in, we have, like, a starting pitcher roster limit. I've considered dropping him there. I've considered dropping him another one where I need a DL spot. I just, I don't know if he's going to come back, and I don't know if he's going to be good when he does. All right, it's Danny Salazar. So now let's do the breakout alert. Sorry for waiting so long for this segment. Uh, okay, of these hitters, who do you think might be breaking out? Corey Dickerson, number nine outfielder in points, number 13 in roto. Corey Dickerson. By the way, the Pirates have faced by far the fewest lefties in baseball. Uh, he has 16 at-bats against lefties, and he's done well, but they've faced the fewest. Uh, Eugenio Suarez has been just on a tear since coming off a DL. Eduardo Escobar for the Twins, top 10 shortstop. And Jamer Candelario, who's only 62% owned. These other guys are, are mostly owned. Candelario is 62% owned and had a great September. And he's got an 888 OPS right now. Dickerson, Suarez, Escobar, Candelario. Who's breaking out? I don't think Eugenio Suarez is because I think he broke out last year. I... Jamer Candelario, I think, is just good. Like, I don't know how good he is, especially for fantasy, because he's probably not going to have enough over-the-fence power to really make a difference, but I think he's a good hitter. He's going to walk a lot. He's not going to strike out very much. I think he needs to be owned, and the problem is his better format is points, and that's the shallower format, but I, I think he's a starting caliber player in that format, and he's probably not far off in Roto either. Dickerson... It's hard to say. There's a lot of positive. There are a ton of positive indicators for him. He's not swinging and missing at all. He's not striking out at all. But, you know, wh what does that look like once he actually faces some lefties? Is he not going to face lefties at all this year? Probably not. Although the NL Central, I guess, doesn't have that many lefties. Well, you've got uh, noted ace Brandon Finnegan. You've got John Lester, who was in Quintana three or four years ago. And Quintana. And the Brewers have Wade Siley, and um, who just more. probably went on the DL last yeah. night. Brent Suter. Um, yeah, not 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 a lot of good lefties, at least. Yeah, I, I, that actually was brought up to us in an email in, in preseason. Uh, the Brewers, the Pirates, could face very few lefties this year. It's interesting. Dickerson was great before the All Star break last year. He batted three twelve with seventeen homers. He batted 241 with 10 homers after the All-Star break. That gives me a little bit of pause. What about Eduardo Escobar? Heath, do you think Eduardo Escobar is breaking out? 
No, if I, I would have agreed with Chris, um, and said that like, as far as who's breaking out, the one I would definitely say is, uh, Candelario. Just because he's like, I think he has 20 home run potential. And if he has 20 home run potential, he may be a 300 hitter that's at the top, near the top of the order most of the time. So Escobar is kind of hard for me to figure out. He's a career. 299 BABIP guy, so pretty normal. He's at 341 right now. If, if that drops 40 points, then he's back around a 260, 270 hitter again. Mm-hmm. So let's let's do some comparisons. Would you rather have Jamer Candelario or Kyle Seeger? Kyle Seeger. I'll still say Seeger, but I think Seeger could be a nice uh, a nice point to aim for if you're Candelario. And would you rather have Jamer Candelario or Michael Franco? Candelario. Franco's been pretty hot right now, and I can't quit him. Would you rather have Eduardo Escobar or Scott Kingery? Escobar, for sure. Depends what my team needs. If I need steals, Kingery. Escobar or Cozart? Cozart. Ah, I think maybe Escobar. All right, let's look at some pitchers. Any doubts that these guys are breaking out? Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Sean Newcomb. No, not at all. They are, uh, the reason that you bet on, and we saw it with Snell last year at not working out. We saw it with Carlos Rodon last year at not working out. But the reason you bet on guys like Blake Snell and Sean Newcomb is because when they do break out, it's so damn good. Yeah. I mean, Snell is, is amazing. Newcomb has been so good. His changeup last night was terrific. He's, you know, he's basically walking like three batters. Three of his last four starts, exactly three walks. You know, I feel like he can live with that. He's not imploding with walks. But it is for, you know, about four, four and a half walks per nine. Eh, not quite that much. About four, I think. Um, when he, when he throws strikes, he's incredible. So you just ride There's going to be Sean some Nukem. inconsistencies with Sean Nuka. Yeah. I, I think that's fair to say. And I, I think there will probably be some inconsistencies with Blake Snell. He's, he's probably pitching a little bit over his head right now, but that's only because he's pitching like one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Yeah, uh, when, when a pitcher with good control can't find it one day, they might walk guys like Snell and Newcomb do normally. There will be a game where one of the, where those guys lose it, and it's just going to be terribly ugly. Although Snell's really He's not, not walking, guys. walking anyone. Yeah, it's very encouraging. Yeah, I, I'm, I think Blake Snell's probably a top 20 pitcher right now. Uh, and I think Aaron Ollis should be a top 20 pitcher right now. The issue for Aaron Ollis, can he stay healthy? All right, taking a look at more from yesterday. We'll do grade the trade after this. Gosh, man, I really feel. All right, tomorrow we'll talk about Eduardo es- or uh, Eddie Rosario. Excuse me, Eddie Rosario. He he deserves some time. He's been one of the hottest hitters. All right, Luis Severino, six innings, two runs, eleven strikeouts, and Gary Sanchez cost him an inning with bad defense. Sean Manaya, you know, not a great start against Houston, but look at the last five opponents for Sean Manaya. Boston, yeah. Seattle twice, and Houston twice. And next week he's at Boston and then at Toronto. Uh, so still overall great stuff from Manaya. John Gray, seven scoreless against the Angels. He has turned his season around. He's been great. Three starts in a row, 20 innings, one earned run, 25 strikeouts for John Gray. Drew Pomerantz had his best start. He, he, I don't know how he did this. He just, he is, his velocity's gotta be down, right? Drew Pomerantz. I mean, he didn't really look that great last night, but he pitched very, he pitched well. Gave up just two home runs to, uh, the lefty killer, Giancarlo Stanton. And then I mentioned Lance McCullers. Not great last night, but hasn't really found his best curveball yet. 
I, Pomerantz pretty interesting. 85% owned. Finally His velocity is down two and a half miles per hour this season. I, I could not believe that the Yankees couldn't really square him up, but that was what he was doing. He was keeping him off balance. Other than Stanton, they didn't, they didn't really seem to hit him that hard last night. As the great Rex Hudler likes to say, sometimes they hit him like you throw him. Then maybe. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not sure that I have the confidence to start Pomerantz next time out. Totally matchup dependent for me. Yeah, and I don't know off the top of my head who it is. Yeah, against a, a good matchup like the Yankees, you start him. <laughs> By the uh, way, let, look at what uh, Giancarlo Stanton is hitting against lefties. He, he, I think he's batting 400 and has like a 1,700 OPS. That sounds like his career numbers against lefties. So that means he's hitting like 100 against righties. 190 against righties. He's batting he can't hit righties. 400 with uh, a like a... 1,500 OPS against lefties. Imagine if you had a platoon of Giancarlo Stanton and Matt Adams. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, I do want to talk about John Gray. Yeah. Um, he has talked over the last couple of starts about how he didn't have his slider early in the season. He said, I was reading one of the Rockies beat writers, who said that after his last start, he said he's starting to find it, but there's another level for him to go to. He, it looks like he found that level yesterday. Yeah, three starts in a row, he's been great. And I think the thing with Gray is you just look at like what he did last year. He's better at home, 313 ERA. I don't. Do you think that if you own John Gray, you have to worry about starting him at home? I'm going to worry about it. I'm not going to feel good about it. And I'm going to be looking for two-start streamers to start over him. But I'm not going to just auto-bench him yeah. every time he's at course. And he's the only Rocky starter that I would say that about. And he's 80—he he was— 80% started, 93% owned. Gray was started in 80% of leagues. And I do wonder, because he has a two-start week this week, I wonder what the ownership, or the, excuse me, the start percentage would have been if he had a one-start week at home against the Angels. Probably pretty low, and I think we probably would have said not, not to start him. Yeah, I think we did say not to start him. But, uh, bunch, but I, bunch of dummies. I think it's interesting. All right, uh, fringy starting pitchers. Who do you want from this group? Ivan Nova, Danny Duffy, Jake Odorizzi, Mike Miner, Luis G- Lucas Giolito, Nova, Duffy, Odorizzi, Minor, Giolito. Uh, Minor, if I can use him as a spark, and that's really about it. Yeah, like Danny Duffy needs to be owned. Yeah, I think I've Danny Duffy owns the Orioles, but he's been he's been not good. He's shown some signs of late. No, he hasn't. <laughs> uh, a little bit, a little bit, but yeah. Duffy thinks that he's pitching fine and he's just getting bad results, which is not something I want to hear from a pitcher that's been as bad as he has so far. Do you think Mike Fires at 5%, Jose Arena at 26%, or Clayton Richard, do uh, you think any of them are under-owned? Jose Arena is having a sort of interesting start to the season because he's been a guy who – Never ever get strikeouts, despite the fact that he throws the ball really hard, and he's he's starting to creep closer to league average strikeout rate. He's getting ground balls. He, there are there are starting to be some signs. He's throwing his slider more, which was something that Scott White uh, wanted to see earlier in the season. So I have more confidence that he could maybe be a league average pitcher. He has a 375 FIP right now. Uh, and, you know, you're going to lose a lot of games as a league average pitcher for the Marlins, but he might not be totally useless. Can I ask a question totally unrelated to what happened last night? Oh, yeah. No. Because I'm just scrolling through the pitch starting pitcher rankings and trying to see where some of these guys, like, what they've done so far, if I think they're going to be a little bit worse or a little bit better, 
where do they actually rank some for, so far? And I, I came upon a name and we mentioned him just briefly as a Sunday starter earlier. How are we feeling about Shohei Otani right now? I, I feel by Lowy on Shohei Otani. I, I, like there, it's been a while since he's really done anything noteworthy. Right. I think he's a really good pitcher. He, he throws extremely hard and has a terrific slider and, and a full arsenal. So I think Otani's going to be really good. Is how, he going to feeling? pitch? Do you think he's also not pitched as much as he's going to pitch moving forward? I expect him to pitch once a week. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a month and a quarter. Yes. Of the major league season, a month and a third. He's made five starts. Yeah. I don't think he's just going to make twenty starts, which is what he's currently on pace for, roughly. Yeah. I don't think he's played forty games already. Yeah, close they're getting close. It, yeah. I, I, uh, the Angels have played thirty-five games. Let's so he'll make he'll be at six starts at the one-quarter mark. He's on pace for twenty-four. I, yeah, that sounds I, about right. And but also one of those starts, but yeah, he 20, had the blister. He got he got scratched from his start. Yeah, I think like he's on pace for right around a hundred, maybe hundred and twenty innings. That seems low. Um. But you don't expect him to pitch as often as most pitchers. It's going to be hard for him to make that up because he's not going to start pitching every five days. Right. Well, how, how, do you, how do you feel about him? We'll just wrap it up, Heath, so we got a great trades. I just, I, I kind of felt like, man, Shohei Otani has, has been better than I expected. But there's nothing, like he's like 70th in the starter, starting pitcher ranking so far. Even if he'd made one more start, he's right around 45 or 50. But he had another start where he only pitched like two innings because of the bliss. And got destroyed. By the Red Sox. So just totally by low, we feel fine, no, free pass. I, depends how low. I mean, I think when he pitches, it's going to be really good. That's that's just how I feel. And that's happened two out of five starts? Is that not how you feel? Because I, I think you're know. questioning me. But I don't I, I know like, how to feel. I'm not three, trying to make a proclamation. It's okay. three out of five. The bad starts were versus Boston when he left after two innings with a blister, and then the first start back at Houston. Right. I, I don't want to make excuses necessarily, but it seems like a pretty decent explanation for why he wasn't good. Those starts, he's gone six innings in three of his five. The other one, he went five and a third in the first start back from a blister. So by low? I think so, yeah. Okay. So uh, with that being said, uh, here we go. Stephen Plainfield, Illinois, wants us to grade his trade. He got Alex Bregman. Oh, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> it's awful. Madison Way. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. So I love. You don't like that movie, do you, Heath? No, I love that movie. It's a good, it's a good movie. There's, there are some extremely annoying parts of the movie, but not. But that. on the whole, it's a very good movie. All right, uh, Familia. He gave up Familia and Glaber Torres for Alex Bregman. Saves are available on the waiver wire. Familia and Torres for, for Bregman. Hey. Yeah, seems like it. From Jake, give up Charlie Blackman, Patrick Corbin, and Jorge Soler. Blackman, Ooh. Corbin, and Soler. F. Get Springer, Carlos Martinez, and Mike Soroka. Alright, so you go from Blackman to Springer, Corbin to Carmart, and Soler to Soroka. It seems like a C-ish. I'm going to say C-, minus, but I'm probably the lowest on Soroka right now. And I just, like, the best player in the deal is Blackman. 
So you're giving up the best player. You are getting the best pitcher. But I, yeah, I'm going to say C minus. I don't love it. From Kurt, Roto Keeper League, my $2 Odubel Herrera for an $8 Yoan Moncada. I like that. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably a B plus. Yeah. I think that's going to make you worse this year. But I don't know about in Roto. Maybe not. I, I'll say, I'll say B minus. From Chris, head to head categories. Give up Whit Merrifield and Mike Clevenger. I already responded to Chris and told him it was an F, by the way. Merrifield and Clevenger for Fultonevich and Marcakis. Oh, that's an F minus. That's an F minus. That is a, uh, you must be in the Scott White Homer Club. Uh, Dylan in California. 16 teams, points league. Give up Glaber Torres, get a Roldis Chapman. Yeah, I like it, it. That's not a keeper, right? No. Yeah, that's an A. Hey. Yeah, good job. Brian in Boston. 10 team categories league. Give up Roberto Ozuna, get Alex Bregman. Hey, Was it Roberto plus. Ozuna or Marcelo Ozuna? Marcelo Ozuna, sorry, thank you. It's with a Z. Yeah, yeah that's not as good a deal. That's not, not, not as good a deal at all. Uh, yeah, but I think that's still probably like a, a B minus. I'll say it's a C. Really? Ozuna and Bregman are even for you? I thought you didn't like Ozuna that much. Um, I've had Ozuna as a top 25 outfielder. Outfield just about as shallow right now as, uh, shortstop is. Okay. Uh, from Mike in Louisville, 10 team points league. Give Angelton Simmons, get Wilson Ramos. Seems like a B. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a good one. B plus. From Rick in San Diego. Dear Ferris, Cameron, Abe, and George Peterson. Grade this trade some moron in my league made. He gave up Freddie Freeman and Patrick Corbin. Freeman and Corbin for Abreu, Junis, and Sean Manaya. Freeman and Corbin for Abreu, Junis, and Sean Manaya. I give this an F. Yeah. That's what he said. I I think that's an F, yeah. I do believe that's an F. I I I mean, I think it's like a D. I don't know if it's an F. I think it's a, you might have given up the two best players you in the did. deal. You but, did, for sure. But, you know, you still got three useful players. And you also are going to get all the regression from Sean Maia, so that's, that's rough. He's still gonna be good, right? I think he's still going to be startable. He has a 350 FIP. Like, let's not overstate the case. That's startable. He's good. That's a very good. Picture. A 350 ERA over 180 innings with seven strikeouts per nine is not very good. It's not bad. You should probably move Dallas Keuchel down then. It's, I, I have been. Well, that's probably the, shouldn't have had him ranked that high to begin with. Well, he's that's, been that's under a three problem. ERA three of the last four he years. He has Chris. been under the, a three ERA three of the last ERA matters. He's, he's the best ground ball he's pitcher. Probably only thrown 180 innings twice in that span. Though. ERA does matter. Two I'm more glad, times than Sean and I. Glad we agree. I that's true. All right, uh, Matt Carpenter forever. See ya. In the sun.